0: I'm Chris Peters, and welcome to the Consulting Side Gig Podcast. This is a podcast designed for marketeers who seek a future in consulting, either as a main gig or as a side gig. I speak to marketeers who made the jump as a consultant full-time and to those that treat it as a side hustle. We'll dig into their stories about how they got their first clients, their inspiration, managing their time whilst they're still employed, and how they prepare to go it alone. Now let's go. Tiago, welcome to the Consultant Psychic Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me, Chris. Yeah, great, great to have you on. Um, let, let's kick things off with perhaps give an introduction to yourself.
1: Sure. Yeah. So, name is Tiago. Uh, been working on digital marketing and growth for over twelve years on different startups, on different verticals, from uh, health and beauty uh, to brick and mortar to uh, <laughs> mobile gaming. So quite a wide breadth of, uh, of experiences. Um, and more recently, I, I decided to start working on the more on the freelance side or consulting uh, point of view. Um, and even recently opened a, a consulting firm with a few ex-colleagues of mine called Bodhi Partners.
0: Okay, so so talking about um, making that uh, jump to go and work on your own, like what, what's the inspiration to get started?
1: Yeah, so that's a great question. So as I mentioned, right, I really like to work with different startups. Uh, Normally, the more pleasurable type of work for me is very early stage startups. That's where, you know, everything's open. uh, You know, everything's an opportunity uh, if you look at it on the right way. Um, But unfortunately, as you move in in your career, uh, you become more expensive. That's (laughs) that that's just uh, the rule of the game. And uh, it was quite clear that I, for those early stages uh, to have access to to myself and resources as uh, experienced as myself, it was quite a strain uh, on the budget. So it came to mind: why not offer the strategic side of you know that I, of the work that I already do and the exploratory work that I do uh, on a fractional model? Uh, you know, for a few days, a few hours, maybe. A project here and there and allow them to use their budget to you know hire hands-on more junior people so they will have the support uh, the team the in-house team to support the, the the strategy while still having access to the to the experience right so it was really that uh, kind of in my mind was an opportunity on the market to go into that that, that direction uh that push me uh towards the you know the consulting side of the world
0: interesting so so how has that been um you know making that pivot and then going out on your own and going to businesses offering your your services a strategic guide for you know two three days a week or one day or a few hours like how, how's that been like how's that proposition landed uh
1: I mean, it's uh, it's a shift on mentality, uh, especially, you know, after working for so many years as an in-house person. Uh, the approach that you have to take as a consultant is slightly different. So, you know, you need to be more direct. Uh, you need to show results quite quickly as well. Um, and you need to stay away for any internal politics that might exist in the company. Um, but also the other side is you need to become your own salesperson. So, which means, in other words, you will hear no a lot. Uh, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. Um, and I, so far, that, that's been my biggest challenge is that, you know, overcoming the fear of reaching out to people and, you know, literally trying to sell myself. Um, and accepting a no as an answer. But it's part of what it is. Um, trying to take the same approach that I'll take on a marketing proposition uh, when I do this. So you know, you kind of structure your pitch in a way. You write it down first. You set up different sections and you play around. You test. You take notes about the results. The data is going to be obviously you're not going to look for you know a good confidence interval here, but. Uh, you know, at least directionally, you try to optimize your approach to these different things. And that part makes, at least for myself, makes the whole outreach and the, the selling uh, more exciting, more fun, because it's a real life experiment. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it's it, it doesn't stop it from being, you know, something that I'm not fully comfortable with yet. Uh, and that's just something that I'm trying to as time goes, trying to improve it and get more comfortable and all that.
0: Interesting. So I am, um, I think I've jotted down three or four questions there, just, just from that initial <laughs> answer. So I guess my, my first question is around the results piece. So you mentioned that there's um, that need to demonstrate early results. What does a result mean, or um, a measure of success for the types of clients that you're working for and the results, sorry, and and the type of consultancy that you're providing?
1: Sure. Um, so it definitely depends, uh, it's a case by case. So for example, I have an app client, you know, first being able to implement some best practices, uh, on the Facebook account, reducing cost per install based on that uh setting up a creative testing strategy for the same client reduce the cost per trial as well you know just making sure basically I, the way i see it as a consultant you need to take big swings uh <laughs> which helps the fact that i'm working with a mostly early stage setups because they normally are going to be m- more open to big swings um but uh at the same time, you know, even for a more established player, when we are trying to work on the strategy for, we have a B2B client, for example, we're trying to make completely different things that they never worked on. So we can try to, to showcase the, 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 the results right away. And obviously, when I say the results, success, it's something that needs to be defined with the client. and uh, and And the first thing, is similar similar approach that you would do if you would be in-house you you try to understand what are the business goals what are the obstacles, what you're trying to achieve what is the target audience etc and you just help them achieve those goals or at least get uh, closer to those goals Um, which sometimes as well and happen already you have to tell the client directly that's those goals are misaligned uh, with the resources, with the stage, whatever it is, uh, the, the reason. So once again, as a consultant, you can't just be eye on their front. You need to be quite proactive and straightforward with your client because there is also a matter of trust that you need to build. So even if you don't achieve the, the, the results that you agreed on, you need to be able to tell your client beforehand why you're not going to achieve them, um, and most often the nuts I find, at least in our case of ours, you know, maybe there is a lack of resources, or maybe the product is not ready yet for for the market, or there is a mismatch uh, between what the you know the the target market wants versus what they're offering, and. And that's valuable as well when you're talking about the more strategical uh, partnership as well, because that's exactly the expertise that a senior growth or a senior marketer person will be able to bring that normally a junior person won't be able to to do.
0: Absolutely, all makes sense. Um, and one of the other things that I picked up was around this um, fear that you had, or perhaps it's come out of your comfort zone, being your own sales person like how have you overcome that fear of sending cold messages or picking up the phone or introducing yourself at events like what's some of the things processes or or i don't know or anything you've done to prepare for that
1: um so preparation helps um so uh, for me i find it nowadays it's easier to do it digitally uh, than in person in person something that uh I still need to work on. I'm, I'm, just, <laughs> uh, not not very good at that point yet. I'll be honest, but um, having the pitch in your head, uh, you know, it helps to me to have it in bullet points, knowing, you know, by heart what I what I want to say, um, and just talking to people, um, and ultimately remembering as well that. And now maybe getting a bit philosophical, but you don't control the reaction of the person on the other side. You just control the fact that you're sending the message and worst case scenario, they're not going to reply. Um, but let's be honest, we, we all received sales messages before we didn't reply. It doesn't mean that we think about that salesperson in a negative way or not. We just didn't reply because it wasn't the right product at the right time. Um, so remembering that it's nothing against you personally it's just that they were not interested so it just like sometimes you need to stop and think why why am i hesitating and you just think you know it's not nothing against me the worst case scenario they're not going to reply um it's nothing personal it's just they don't they don't want this and 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 that makes it fine i would say
0: yeah absolutely yeah we we all tend to receive a lot of these like cold outreach messages and um, more often than not, there's no harm from people sending these trying, trying their luck. Um, okay, so you mentioned there about um, optimizing your pitch and what you provide to your clients. What are some of those key learnings um, from how you made those optimizations over the last year or so? It's
1: um, a good question. So. Definitely, the main learnings on, on the outreach part have been that trying to personalize the message right from the start, it, it's always a big, it's always better. And I'll even go one step further. The ones that I normally have more success with is when I the re- initial reach out is not to, to sell anything. Uh, It's just to have a conversation. Um, no, people ask me for support one thing or, you know, uh, maybe half an hour call because they have some questions about something that I did or, you know, some conference some time ago I spoke about or whatever, and just be open to have that conversation and give some tips. Obviously be conscious, you know, because ultimately your time is your product. So you don't want to always be offering your product for free um but giving some of that time for free has generated some really good results uh so far um then yeah just really caring about people as well so some of my best clients have been people that i worked in the past that opened their own companies and uh honestly reaching out to them and seeing how they are doing, you know, how, how's everything going? And we try, not trying to sell. It's not one of those I reach out. You, my main objective wasn't to try to, to, to get a contract out of them. It's really just trying to understand how they are doing, you know, because the life of a, of a founder, of an entrepreneur, is not easy. Uh, so just trying to connect them when on a human level, really care, listen to them, and bounce out some bounce off some ideas uh, with them, and then it tends to end up on a contract, um, at least on an audit type of situation, you know, because they might have an, a marketing team already in place, and you know, you know, I can we can run an audit and see if there's anything that I can pick it up, and at least you have that, and sometimes that works uh, quite well as well.
0: So, so this is interesting. So we we get lots of people talk about the the role of personalization and adding value what what does that mean in a a practical sense because we're all often receiving messages that allude to do you have 15 minutes because we can do x or we can supply this like how are you getting cut through to get the opportunity to even provide that value on the first instance so Mm. you have a prospect that you've presumably done some research on and you've looked at perhaps what they've communicated on social. What is it that you are physically saying to try and provide that value and get them onto mm-hmm. a potential call?
1: So although I've been doing this for a year, I'm still on the face that I'm relying heavily on my LinkedIn network. So people that I have some sort of connection before that. Um only now we're trying to reach out to people outside our networks and they're coming to our website and like some more code leads uh let's put it like this so that approach has worked quite well with the, our networks um uh, because we already have that foot in the door because we know them we worked with them or, or you know they were a supplier on, on a previous company or vice versa we have a partnership etc so that kind of give a gave me gives me the the you know the the, the way in uh, into the inbox and talking to them and the second thing is as I mentioned start with them um, what are they doing you know uh, how how are things going how how's your business I saw that you opened a new business congratulations must be hard uh, or. You know, you you have this company, or you left this place. Now you on this new place. You know, is everything okay? You know, let's have a coffee. You know, next time in London or something. Just, just trying to to be, you know, how can I is talk to people without trying to sell directly. Uh, I I remember a long time ago I went to this conference. I don't remember who who it was, and they were talking about brand marketing in a way that. If you go to the streets, right, and uh, you try to ask people to have a coffee with you, uh, without them knowing you, uh, the likelihood of you getting any success is very low. But <laughs> if you're a celebrity, or if they know you beforehand, your likelihood of success is quite high, right? So yeah. that's what you're trying to do. You you try to increase your likelihood of getting a coffee (laughs) out of people. Mm. Um, And if you approach it that way, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to your network, focus on them first. And then at some point they're going to give you back the the possibility to explain what you're doing. And they're going to be engaged with the conversation. They're going to be open to to hear what you have to say. Uh, Much better than if you just start a LinkedIn message and say, Hey there, how are you doing? So... I started this business. Uh, <laughs> do you want to buy my product? Most people won't like that. Um, so that has been, you know, the best success that we have so far.
0: Absolutely. Um, so I just want to take a, a step back um, to your introduction and looking at your LinkedIn profile. So you have what looks to be two, two businesses. You have one where you offer the Fractional CMO services, and then you have your own consultancy. Is is that mm-hmm. for for you? Is that correct?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. So so, the the myself by, by my, the one by myself. It's very straightforward. Starting maybe a year ago, closer to a year, some opportunity showed up. I took them over, and then I start reaching out uh, some clients. But definitely, you know, the focus and the growth is on the on the partnership. Um, that's where I see, uh, you know, the future of what I'm working on and um, and how to expand the consulting as well. Um, just because it's a higher value proposition, in my point of view, uh, it's more beneficial for the clients as well. Um, yeah, uh, because to be fair. Uh, You know, a growth consultant, definitely, you know, it's very useful. But to be an effective growth uh, person, you need to have full access to your product and, uh, you know, to use the journey and to the acquisition. And uh, sometimes as uh, someone that's not fully in the company or someone with a short term contract, what ends up being is that you don't have enough time to put your foot you know, into all of the different places. So you only be able to really touch in one of them. So is it acquisition? Is it the retention? Is it the product optimization? Which is fine, but going back to the concept of you need to deliver value quite quickly to your, to your clients, uh, it kind of renders your ability uh, to, to fully deliver that sometimes.
0: Okay. Um, so in terms of prioritization for you, you have the, the CMO services, which you see is that has more longevity, more opportunity for scale. But then your consultant business, is, is there aspects that are, is the output different from either of those? Or um, or let me rephrase that. What is the, the output differences between the CMO fractional services and uh, TA as the consultant?
1: Yeah. So one is more strategical. So the CMO as a service is more strategical. Um, the Tiago as a growth consultant, you get his hand dirty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so <laughs> you know, in a very, you know, very. Uh, I say very uh, rough uh, way of explaining. Yeah. Now that that'd be how I, I'll differentiate both of them. Um, I'm not um, actively looking for 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 new clients on the consulting by myself uh, I'm just picking it up the clients that come sometimes you know from contacts people ask me for uh, for support here and there and the main the main outreach is on the CMO service
0: okay and in terms of your your time split where, how much is your time from the clients that you have as the consultant versus the, the service? Is that 50-50, 70-30, 90-10? Um,
1: so as the the CMOs consulting, you consulting, know, we start very recently uh, getting new clients. So it's starting to grow. So I say last month when we got the first client, it was around 15%. This month it's already at 25% of my time. Uh and yeah, I, I can see it it's gonna keep growing and it's gonna take the majority of my time all as well in the near future.
0: Great um okay so 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 again, going back to making this initial leap last last year, looking at your profile, looks like there was perhaps some crossover with your your previous employer what did you do before you made that that jump? What did you do in preparation for for going it alone? Did you have a bank of, you know, three or four clients that you're working with? Did you have one? Or was it just a cold cut? Was you talking to people? What did that look like? And how did you approach your uh, your employer, assuming that you did prior to, to making that jump that you had this you know thing on the side?
1: Yeah, sure. So I had one client when I decided to take the jump uh <laughs> i'll be honest um and i had basically i knew the my my ceo at the time uh she used to do uh consulting at the same time uh not i'm not 100 sure as if uh when she was a ceo of the company but before that she mentioned that she, she used to do it um so i just had the same conversation the opportunity showed up i didn't look for it it came literally it came to me uh, I I want to accept it, um, and they were perfectly fine with that. Um, and after some time, I noticed there was something there for me to to move on uh, into. At that time, was I just had been a new father, uh, you know? So I wanted a little bit more flexibility time wise, be able to set up my own timelines, etc. So it was a good move for me to to to. Fully focus on the the freelance side, um, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I started with one, and then suddenly there were two, three, uh, and and basic following that the approach of talking to people, you know, just reaching out to them, seeing how they are, and then suddenly tried, you know, tell them that I what I was doing and what I was open for, and uh, and and jobs came came their way.
0: Great. Well, I think that's a nice um segue into the next question. So you've you've mentioned that you've leveraged your LinkedIn network, you've mentioned there's been some inbound opportunities, you've done some outreach. What what is your own marketing mix to get new clients and how did that second client come about? Was it another inbound referral? Um
1: yeah so it was a contact over contact. Um that's where I've been lucky because I as I worked for quite some time on startups, I was able to build a wider a wide network of you know of people that I work with or have conversations on conferences and all that. Um so just reaching out to them so far has been the the it's a very basic marketing mix. Um what I'm trying to do now, obviously, uh, is expand my social network reach. So using LinkedIn to expand my ability to reach different people uh, through content creation. Um, and probably the third one, I'll be trying to build some sort of community as well. Um, I'm still not percent sure of how we're going to do that, but I think that, that'll be my the third channel that we'll try to introduce. Um, But so far, those have been our approaches. There are a few few different ways that that we've been discussing about newsletters, external blog, uh, all that. But these seem to be the the best ones for the skill sets that we have uh, at the consulting.
0: Great. And, And thinking about some of your key learnings over the last 12 months or so, is there anything that you would do differently um, from having more clients banked? Would you have started your own um, position in marketing and your own community sooner? Um, Like, with the value proposition, like, completely changed, is there anything that you would have done to maybe validate what you wanted to do initially? Um, Or has it all worked out kind of how you might have planned? Uh,
1: I think that... (laughs) Well, you're being very nice. You believe you believe that I had a plan when I did this. Uh, I did not, uh, <laughs> and that that would be the main difference uh, thing. Um, I've been extremely lucky. I'm not gonna lie. Um, so far, now I, I, I'm starting to have a plan because I want to make this something you know long lasting. Um, so definitely have a plan beforehand. I'll, I'll think this through. Decide, to find the channels, to find the the tone of voice, what I'm comfortable with. Um, and really start building that from from that point. Um, the second thing, and this is something that it's coming to, it's becoming a problem at this moment. Uh, which is, it's not so much as a problem, but an issue that been identified. Uh, the easiest way for you to start doing consultancy or freelance is by selling hours, right? You sell this many hours for client per month or per week, whatever it is. Now, obviously, there is a limitation of the number of hours on the day <laughs> and the limitation on the number of hours that you are willing to work uh, per day, right? So how can you find something, a different way to sell uh, your services than not time-based, if that makes sense? Mm-hmm. Um, because that's basically... I'm putting it in another way. So if you're thinking on an op- optimization algorithm, if you're trying to optimize your income based on hours, the only way for you to optimize that is by increasing your hourly rate. You only have one variable to play with. Uh, but say that you start selling projects uh, instead of time, then you have two variables because you have the price that you charge for the project, but also... Uh, you can optimize the the time that takes you to finish that project or to deliver the project. So suddenly you have more variables to play with and to optimize, so you can increase your uh, your monthly income. So doing that type of thinking, and if I probably if I had a strategy from the start, probably I have you know <laughs> be something that I have thought through beforehand. Um, not that I can complain uh, you know about the income side uh, so far, but, Obviously, as a growth professional or marketing professional, the revenue streams is something that you have to think about because it's on my nature, right? I've been working on this for more than a decade, so <laughs> it comes naturally, you know, that's the next thing that you have to think about. It's one, how many customers are coming in, how long they stay, are they happy, cool, how much money I'm making. That's a, be, you know, the third thing that you think about.
0: Great. so again some extra questions on the back of that answer. So I guess the, the first one is like how how is how do you price yourself now? Do you do a combination of Audi rate and project rate and it's completely dictated by who you speak to or is it you know optimized towards now project and output based?
1: I'm trying to uh to shift to project um uh, on the on the partnership as well. Um, just because of the benefits uh, it has not only for us but also the way we see it if you're able to say for clients instead of saying oh I'm gonna be working for you two two days a week uh, but instead of that you can say look for this amount of uh, money I'll deliver a full marketing strategy for you Um, it's they know what they're gonna get right away so on the you know, on the plans, on the budgets they have, they'll be able to, to add that as a line and they know the deliverable for that specific money, right? So in a way, it's more uh, actionable for them as well to understand how much everything costs. So we're trying to move towards that direction, but we're still mostly hourly-based. Uh, um, even, I'm, I say we on the partnership, but also myself on the... On my still my freelance uh, piece of work, I'm still mostly hourly. But I'm also on that front. Any new projects that come through, I'll try to push the, the project based approach.
0: Great. And when you know, I've talked to previous consultants. They've talked about their um, inspiration for making this move. And not everyone is inspired by by money. You know, it's not everyone's main uh, objective. For some. It is for some. It's just having that, that work life balance, and you've alluded to there that um, you know things have gone gone pretty well from you. So, to give people perhaps an idea of that growth for yourself, if your salary was you know X last year, full time employee, how quickly, or if it has done, did you manage to um, meet that? And if you have, like, how how much have you exceeded from it um, from when you was a full time employee?
1: Yeah. Um... So it took me, I would say, around four months to match my monthly income okay. uh, after tax. Um, obviously, that's the, the well, uh, I would say it, it's the bonus, but uh, it also, you know, something that you need to always be uh, uh, conscious about is that you're not paying tax directly, you pay tax at the end. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just make sure that you, you know, you. You put some of the money in, the, in a saving account. So cool when the tax man yeah. comes, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a problem. Um, so after tax, you know, it took me you know, four to five months to get there. Um, on a yearly basis, I I'm still can't say that I'm still there because, uh, you know, I only have bookings up to August. From, um, so... I still have a few months you know that I'm not completed for, for next uh, for the next financial year. So you know without those, I'm still not there. But on a monthly basis I'm going around 15% up at this point. Um I'm hoping to get a little bit higher if I if I introduce a few more packages here and there, but uh, yeah, let's let's see. But I feel like you you're you're talking about motivations, right? So it, for me i have a little kid i hope that you can't hear him he he's not having a great day today uh but um, he, that's the the main motivation right it's the, the ability for me to be able to if needed in the middle of the day pick him up on, from nursery you know and you know and just take care of him and be there for both bath time all day uh every day you know those are the important things uh for me and yeah that Definitely my work-life balance has improved massively since uh, since I did the move. And I wouldn't go back unless something drastic changes. Of yeah. Course, but, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, if I, if I have a choice at this point, at least uh, I wouldn't go back.
0: I think that is a wonderful place to stop. Um, I think, yeah, congratulations on like making the move and getting to that position so, so quickly and now exceeding that it sounds like you're on a, a really, really good journey. So um I look forward to watching you guys grow, rooting from you on the side. And uh, yeah, look forward to getting you on in the next 12 months and seeing uh, where you guys progress. So yeah, thanks for, thanks for coming on, Diego.
1: Uh, my pleasure, Chris. And thanks so much for hosting this and inviting me. Right, Speak soon. See ya. Bye-bye.